Okay, babe, can you say it since I have no voice? Episode 130. I'm keeping that one. <laughs> Ladies, welcome to Biz Women Rock. This is your home for incredibly inspirational business stories from business women all over the world. I'm Katie Kremitzos, and I'm so happy you're here. I could not be more excited to introduce Saudia Davis to you today. She's the founder of Greenhouse Eco Cleaning. It's a company that provides cleaning services and products that are very green friendly, the best of the best on the market, all natural stuff. She has got a tremendously touching story as to why she started that company because this girl actually started in PR in Hollywood for celebs. So she uh, she made a huge jump. She's got a great story as to why she did that. But her entire philosophy of why she has her business will completely floor you. It's amazing. She is not in the business for the sake of doing the cleaning. She's in the business for the sake of the people. And by the end of this conversation, that will make a lot of sense to you. And at the very end, during the favorite five, you're going to find out just how wild this girl really is. (laughs) Let's go. Sadia, what's going on? Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here today. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you on. You have a tremendous company that I'm really excited to share with everyone and uh, and just a really incredible journey. So let's start a little bit with what you were doing, what your professional career really was before you started Greenhouse EcoClean, because it's so different than that. <laughs> yes. Um, so I... In my prior life, as I refer to it, um, I handled PR for movies and for celebrities. Um, So I did that for about 10 years before I started my company. Um, The last few years, I was bi-coastal, so I was two weeks in New York, two weeks in LA most of the year. Um, And so it was a little interesting in 2006 when I started because I was trying to manage that schedule and and was starting a business at the same time. Who were some of the celebrities that you used to work with? Ooh, um, oh my gosh, it feels so long ago. <laughs> um, well, I get, I think, you know, one who I worked with, Carrie Washington, you know, mm-hmm. Scandal, she's the, yep. you know, hottest thing, yep. but I worked with her on her first film and that, you know, that film sort of followed me through my, my career journey as well. Um, but I worked with her in her first film, um, which what I'm, our company, my company is based in Brooklyn and it was a it was about a young girl in um, that grew up in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, and so you know it's it's sort of interesting that it's come full circle in a way. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, so Carrie being one of them, um, I've worked with Matt Dillon. Um, I've worked with uh, Reese Witherspoon. I've worked with quite a few um, different actors over the time. So out of curiosity, and this is going to come full circle because we will be talking about the PR success that your company has had, but it obviously really, you know, has stemmed from the experience that you had. What I'm so curious to know is what what kind of PR are you actually doing for celebrities? Like, is it very kind of like specific movie driven, like a like a project driven, or is it just sort of like, okay, 
that person throughout their life is having a PR person work for them and here's what they're doing. Like what kind of stuff are you actually doing? So it's a combination. Um, you have personal, um, you have personal PR and then you have studio PR. And so for, um, most of my career, um, I've been connected to film. I, it's been connected to me working specifically on films, which I love because I would have new celebrities every single time. Um, I would have new celebrities every single time I took on a new um, project, a new film. Um, and so we would build, you build a PR campaign around the subject matter of that film and the actors within it. And then you sort of travel with them, you work with them, you do all the red carpets, you do all the premieres, you do all their press pieces, you um, sometimes do the footage do PR on the pre-filming of the, um, of the filming of the movie. So you work, you start your filming, your PR process even from then while they're filming and sort of bank that until the release date is set. Um, so you're, you know, it's an interesting life. Um, yeah, it's I, busy. It's a lot of logistics. Um, yeah. And so I worked on a lot of great films. I worked on Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, that um, is, that's a, I haven't heard of that movie in a long time. I love that movie. Yeah, so worked on that, worked on my f- Big Fat Greek Wedding um, as well. So, it, you know, it's it definitely helped having um having that type of background but it's not in the way that i think a lot of people assume right right <laughs> um, a lot of people assume that because we get so much great press it's it it is come in handy the fact that i come from a pr background but i think where my pr background actually has helped the most is just in terms of managing logistics and how many things you have to be working on simultaneously when you're running a business mm. um and that's very much what it's like when you are um when you are doing pr there's a lot of moving parts there's a lot of things that you have to be able to predict and think about um and anticipate and i think that skill really got honed during my pr days very cool so where in the world did this idea of creating, you know, green products and cleaning services really come from? Uh, so in 2006, my grandmother, um, who was a professional cleaner, passed away of cancer. Um, and it was speculated that it was due to years of using really harsh cleaning chemicals. Um, and so after her passing, she passed away in February of 2006. A few months later, um, I had the idea and I started, you know, I figured I'd put it out there after I was traveling, actually a celebrity. I was traveling with Daniel day Lewis. Um, and I mentioned it to him and that I had this idea cleaning, which I'm, I'm from originally from Jamaica. And so it's almost in your DNA. Um, you know, you have to know how to clean. And so it was not the highlight of my childhood <laughs> having to clean. So the idea of spending a career doing it was not at the top of my list by any means. Um, and so I sort of, I definitely gave it a little bit of pushback initially. I, you know, but for three months I would wake up with the idea and go back to sleep, and I would be like, "Why won't it leave me alone?" Um, and he was like, you know, Daniel was like, try, "Try it, see what happens." And so I put up some flyers and. Um, in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, um, and from there, people started calling, and I was cleaning on weekends, and then I wrote my sister in to help me, um, and it took off from there. So it was sort of, you know, 
people often ask me if I had a business plan, and I was like, no, I went straight to market research. Um, (laughs) I like that answer. (laughs) Yeah, and that, I mean, but I think that's also indicative of my personality um, as well. Uh, But it, it, you know, part of it actually came from when I had the idea, and um, my boss at the time, she was, she also had a business idea, and she was taking this business class, and they um, they told her that the majority is women never end up starting a business because they really want things to be right and they want things to be plotted out and they want things to be perfect. And that was like, you know, I've just sort of lived my life like I'm never going to be a statistic. And so <laughs> it was in that moment, I lit, that was my response. It was like, I am going to put up flyers and I'm going to make this happen because I do not want to be a part of that statistic. And... Um, so I, and that's sort of what drove me to do it. And it sort of, t- you know, took on a life of its own from there. But it, it's not like you were starting a cleaning service just so that you could go like, you know, really honor your grandmother by being in that same profession. You really had this vision for creating clean products and, and making, really making a huge dent in, um, <clears throat> you know, making sure that you were contributing to these clean products and these clean ways of, of cleaning, Right. Yeah, I think for, more importantly, I think there are two things. The journey has been interesting because initially the driving force for me absolutely was about um, providing this service using green products um, and at a certain level, a level that I'd become accustomed to given my previous career. And so... It was a combination of those two things. It's how there's a there's another option, and we wanted to give people a healthier option. So you're you know you can have cleaning in a healthy way. Um, however, what I found out along the journey was that, and I think when you grow up in a immigrant family, and um, you sort of take, and even though I, I've gone to really great schools and. Um, sort of move forward, you take certain things for granted, and one of the things I took for granted is the importance of employing people and employing people that are that are low income or, you know, really sort of a forgotten demographic um, in society. And I, it, it highlighted for me that my mom and my grandmother really falls into that category. And when I started employing the demographic, I realized there was such a greater need. And I could see it because I'd um, sort of, I'd not, in a way, I took for granted a lot of the privileges that I, you know, have experienced. And when I was able to sort of connect the two by employing my mother and my grandmother, people like that, I was able to connect more to the social impact that having a business could have. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, so it sounds like you're, I mean, you really realize at some point that your business itself is this beautiful um, tool to be able to have an impact on, you know, the people of this demographic and to be able to give them the opportunity to really, you know, have a job, do something great and do something that has a really, you know, really great purpose. Yeah, and I think what really happened for me and what there was a moment that that really became clear and one of my first staff members, um, Lorna, I remember giving her a check and she was so excited. And, you know, and I was like, oh, 
this, you know, we've got, I'm sure all the professionals out there, we've gotten many a checks and we, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we worked so we got it, right? Right. It's not really a lot of build up there. But she was so excited. And then I got to understand that she was at, she ran straight to Western Union to send her mother money back in Ecuador so that her mom could have this life-saving surgery that she could not afford. And you realize that what we do by employing people really change lives. And it changed lives not just for them, but it's generational. And it's not something to be take, you know what I mean, to be taken lightly. And so part of how the company and my passion for what we do has evolved over time is that we not only are we providing a healthy option in terms of cleaning, but we're also focused on what kind of impact we can make on the people that do it. And so we're really cleaning in order to create opportunities in, in, in people's lives rather than just, you know, cleaning. Like what we do is more than that. And I think that is sort of new and interesting to people, and that has really generated a lot of press um, and it really has not necessarily come from the work that my previous experience in entertainment. What are some of the things that you practice with your team in order to really, you know, not only be able to have the opportunity to hire people, but to be able to really create an internal team culture and to make them feel welcome and to make sure that, you know, that they're upholding the values of your and the mission of your company, but that it's all the glue that holds it together. Like what kind of practices that you have, do you have to actually make sure that that stuff happens? So I think for, I think it really comes down to hiring people that share your vision and, and sort of function along the same moral compass. Um, you, and I, and I look at that when I'm interviewing my management team and the people that I bring in, because if they don't have a, if they don't put a true value on relationships and people, then they're not going to be a good fit. Um, and, it, and they could be great workers and they could be great employees and they could be great at whatever you need them, need them to do. But if they don't have that element, it's not going to work because ultimately our end goal, goal as a company is, yes, we want to, you know, we're, we're in business to make money. Yes, we are profitable, but we, we, we're, we're making the world a better place and we're doing business for the good of the world, not just to make money. And because <laughs> that at the end of the day is pretty empty and, you know, it's not really what I'm about. So if I got, if I ended up hiring people that felt that way, it, it would not sort of create a really good um, environment. So our culture is very much based around community encouragement, um, education. I'm a big, I'm a big learner, um, and so it is about how do you get better. And I think whenever you know we have to do things. Um, where people have to interview our staff at any point, they they will say one of the the the, the most important things or the the biggest benefit they feel is is that there's always an opportunity to learn, and we create those opportunities through our um, learning curriculums that we offer and um, with our staff, and we sort of really carve that out to where we see the needs of how to move them forward. So whether it's financial literacy classes. Um, 
or um, life insurance, how life insurance works, what's the importance of it, you know, really providing them with resources and information that they would not normally ha have available to them and things that we personally take for granted that we know about that they just don't have a clue because it's just not in their circle um, or footprint. And so that's, that's the type of things that we really focus on and we bring people that put value on that. And then once we have that aligned, I think the other things sort of fall into place. I absolutely love that. And it brings a whole different level of purpose for why you do what you do. Um, I, I think that that's brilliant. Um, but in order to do that, you have to make a profit, right? So you have, I mean, you, I would imagine once you kind of had that realization, you had a whole new, I guess, appreciation or focus on making sure that your business was growing at, you know, how you wanted it to grow in order to foster all of those opportunities to really make the, those differences. So Let's talk a little bit about your business structure. So can you describe to, to me like your actual business model? What different components do you have that are a part of it? How does your whole business system work? Um, interesting. I mean, I don't think our business system really works. I, so it, business systems, I mean, I guess organizational structures and all of that, um, as you're growing, they almost evolve out of need, right? <laughs> right. And event, and event, and there are some best practices, but I think ultimately, you, the way I, I've personally sort of approached it is, I sort of take care of it until I start sucking at it really badly, <laughs> and then I hire somebody to take it over that is going to be exceptional at it. Um, and so that's sort of how, and that just comes from managing cash flow, and there are all these things that you have to factor in. So. You know, if I was starting, um, and I just think the approach is different. If I was started with VC money, that would not be my approach. I would film, you know, I would think about what what ultimately I need, best practices, and I'll just plug those holes. But that's sort of not the hand that we've been dealt. And so we really sort of evolve our organizational structure based on need. And I personally think it's a smarter way to go just because we're, doing it based on information that we're gathering rather than just plugging holes and then having people doing maybe two things when, um, or, you know, when that might not be the best approach. Right. Um, it, it, the, the company sort of creates the roles that it needs and there are things that you'd be like, this is a great role that we can, you know, we can tie to another role or we can change the incentives and move it over here. But the company sort of tells you what, what its needs are at different points, and we sort of just respond to those. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. That's pretty amazing. When did you decide to actually start creating your own product, your own cleaning products? So we started um, on the products piece in 2012. Yes. And and what was that process like? I mean, because up until that point, you were doing the cleaning services and you were using the best products on, you know, in the market at that point. Um, mm -hmm. What was that process for you to say, hey, we could do this better? And then definitely talk about what what process you had to go through to actually create and patent this process or this product. So we, um, it was sort of interesting because early in, when I started the business, I had created a relationship with a manufacturer and um, and the over time we'd be in touch and we'd check in and um, 
then when the idea came about that we wanted to really push forward on that direction in 2012, um, it was also great timing for him as well. So we partnered up um, on that and started working on the, the project. And as a manufacturer, he had worked on different types of product. Um, and so it was really good to have their in-house expertise and sort of us understanding what the needs are in the field um, in a much more intense way that probably other companies understand it um, and testing that, testing products, testing, um, you know, what works where and when and how and all of those things. So that really paid off for us. Um, and that's sort of the story. So once you actually have this product, how do you guys really deploy it? So you've gone through all of this, you know, testing and creation to actually create this. You've bottled it. You've created, you know, packaging for it. Are you simply using it internally for your own clients or do you have a strategy on how you actually sell that and kind of have that as it's as a product line in and of itself? So, and it's funny because we were just, we've been recently talking about this um, as well because, we currently we provide the products to our clients and we we've been focusing on that and we also have an e-commerce site so we sell um through the e-commerce site as well um but in terms of really having greater market saturation um we're currently looking for someone to head that division and sort of push that through so you know, if anyone out there <laughs> reach out to me, there you go. But well, that incentive and that and that skill set, we'd love to meet with them. Well, I think that's amazing, and there's so many businesses who have this exact same story, right? Where yeah. just for the need of their own business and and for the need of servicing their customers in the manner and the level in which they need they want to, they have to create something of their own. And it's that something of their own that ends up really resonating with people on a global scale, which is which has total potential for your products. Um, exactly. So I think that's that's pretty amazing. Now, one of the things that I think is pretty interesting about you is that you have really established yourself. You're up in New York area um, and you've really established yourself as a leader in the entrepreneurial space um, not, not only locally, but definitely on a scale of, you know, writing for different publications and really positioning yourself as somebody who gets business, who knows business and is sort of a leader in business. What, what strategy did you have with that? And how has it impacted your company? So, you know, I think the I think once I really understood the level of impact being a social entrepreneur, and I, I think a lot of things have happened, right? So the 2008 crash, a lot of these things would not have really mattered. It never really mattered before the crash. All of a sudden, people really cared about um, entrepreneurs. And, you know, a lot, and I started my business in 2006, and a lot of people feel that it was, it's, it was such a hard time to be in business. And for me, I thought this is, the best thing that ever happened um, because nobody really cared about small business prior to that. <laughs> true. That's very true. All of a sudden, there was all this investment and people really cared and there was a push. And then that sort of evolved into doing, you know, using business to do good in the world and um, which we, which 
really resonated for me because I saw that happening in front of my eyes with our employees and the impact we were making and how passionate our, our amazing clients are about our our people and the time that we put into our people. And, um, you know, for me, that really spoke to what I wanted to be about and what I wanted to represent. And so I wanted to build a company that was able to deliver on that um, and it gave, and that experience gave me the voice to talk about all these different experiences that I was blessed with through having this business. Um, and so it, it's, it feels very organic to me that I talk about social entrepreneurship. Um, and it's interesting because people are oftentimes like they want to talk about the green products, and I love the green products, and I love the fact that we're using it, but I also see... I'm also extremely passionate about the people side and about what we're able to do um, through cleaning and that we don't hire people to clean. We clean to hire people. And that, that for me is, you know, my ultimate message and that you can use all of these things that we take for granted every day for to actually make a huge difference to a community. Um, and that could be any community throughout the world. But there's, you know, we're constantly having to coach and um, educate and empower people. And that, to me, is a gift that keeps on giving because it changes generations. It's not just about that one individual. Mm. What do you do to stay motivated and inspired in some of the tough times that I'm sure that there are in building up this company and building up this company and continuing to, you know, change things up and try a new strategy and something's not working and then you do it again? Like, what do you do in those moments? Surround yourself by a team that you really like. (laughs) And that laughs. We laugh a lot. It keeps us from crying, but we <laughs> laugh a lot. It, I love it. it really does. I think that's part of it. We we laugh. We try to have fun together on a daily basis. We laugh at the the just the absurdity of things at times, um, but that really keeps me sane um, because I think this is this is my thing, and people think it's weird. They think if you have your own company that they're that you. They feel like once you have your, when you're working for someone else, you have days where you're like, I really don't want to go to work. I really don't want to go to work. I don't want to. I don't want to see the people I have to work with. Right? Right, right. Someone, you're like, when you have your own company, you can still have those days, <laughs> and you can still have people that work for you that you don't particularly like, and that's a reality, right? And my goal is to not be in that place. <laughs> that's the thing. Because if goal. I'm going to be Work, if I'm going to work for myself, I want to come to work and like everyone I work with. And mm-hmm. that's the payoff. And so what I really focus on is building a team that, because it's going to be hard, it's going to be tough. Um, I'm really honest when people come on board with that. So I don't have the, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming, or there's so much work, or any of that, because I really am honest with them. And I say to them, this is what it's going to be. You're going to get off of a two-lane road, and you're going to get on a five-lane expressway when you walk into our business. And you need to be prepared for that. And 
just expect it because there's only so much preparation you can do. Um, but we're going to give you as much support and we're going to try and make it as fun as possible. Um, and I feel like that's what we do and do really well. And so we get along as a team. We laugh about it. And then we do it all over again the next day. Hmm. So I want to use this opportunity to transition into our final component, which is the favorite five. Um, so are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So what is your favorite business book? Most recent one I read was Traction, which I loved. Traction. Who's that by? Who is that by? <laughs> Someone asked me that the other day. I'm really bad. But no worries. I will tell you. We'll have it in the show notes. What is it? What's the whole premise? Um, it is like Lean Startup for um, – it's – I don't know if you're familiar with Lean Startup, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. like Lean Startup for marketing. Oh, okay. Excellent. Very nice. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. How about um, what is your favorite place to eat in New York? I love Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And what is Roberta's? They have a farm. So they're a pizza, but they sell. They have a bunch of different things on their menu besides pizza. But they have a farm on their pro- on the property, and so everything is fresh from the farm. Wow, and that's cool. It is really yummy, and they have these things called sal- salty buns, which are insanely good. <laughs> and it's like salt and sweet caramel and bun that's like a croissant. I don't even know what it is, but it is so good. Man, you're making me hungry now, girl. Um, Okay, what about your favorite vacation spot? My favorite vacation spot, I would say Bali. Ooh, when were you there? I was there probably about two years ago. It's one of the few places. I mean, I'm originally from Jamaica, so I love Jamaica. Let me not, but I didn't want to be self-serving. So I love (laughs) Jamaica. I just got back. But if uh, outside of Jamaica, I would say Bali and just the most amazing people. um, Just had a great time. Great time. Beautiful country. Okay. How about your favorite animal? Uh, Favorite animal. I. I'm afraid of everything. I'm really afraid of everything. So the closest thing might be a dog because every once in a while I'll see like the cutest dog that make, you know, like when you see a new baby, that's really cute. So I'll get that reaction. Um, But there's not anything else that really gives me that reaction. So it almost like it's built in you that it surpasses the, the, whatever you're afraid of. It kind of like over, overwhelms that feeling of fear that I have when I see animals (laughs) (laughs) the cuteness (laughs) and all of a sudden I want to touch it that's great okay the last question is so many times as businesswomen we are you know having this very professional conversation but I want to know what you do what is your favorite thing to do to totally let loose go wild and be anything but professional so boring. I don't. I don't have it. So I, I'll tell you, here's my thing. I am a binge watcher of shows. Really? And, or movies. Or movies. And But that's my background. I'm really, I love movies. And even though I'm not in the industry anymore, I, initially, I didn't want to be in PR. I wanted to do acquisitions where you basically watch movies all day and then you choose what to buy. <laughs> and so I love movies. I, I literally... Whenever I can actually get a weekend, 
all day. I will go to the movies at 10 a.m. and stay until 7 p.m. and watch movies after movies after movies. Wow, you've heard. I'll it, go to the movie theater. You've heard it here that the favorite, your favorite way to go wild is to sit in a movie theater and watch movies all day. <laughs> yeah. I, because you know what, I'm. I have a very, my mind is always going, and right. so it's the one time where I'm really just sucked in. Um, so it's either that or reading, but I'm, I guess that, that kind of makes me boring. <laughs> no, it's not boring. I think it's great. I love it. I love it. Okay, there so what, what has been your favorite movie that you've seen recently? Ooh, recently. What has been my favorite movie I've seen Or just the first, first one when I say favorite movie. What's the first one that pops into your mind? You're going to laugh. Mary Poppins. No, I love that movie. <laughs> I was watching Mary Poppins recently, and I just started crying. I was singing all the songs, and my husband was like, mm, you're a weirdo, but I I think it, there's just something about it that's so sweet and about overcoming difficulties and sort of just moving forward in life, and um, I think that's just a universal message that never gets old, no matter how old you get. Mm, I love it. Well, Sadia... I, I want to thank you for playing that with me. And I, re- I really want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and, um, and really, you know, giving us so many great, such a great internal vision into your purpose for doing this business. I love what you're doing. I think it's amazing. So thank, thank you, you so thank much. You. Thank you for having me and inviting me. I really appreciate it. rocks. That's all I got to say. I mean, I just fell in love with her entire philosophy of why she has her business and how she takes care of her team and how she creates education and programming for them to just improve as people and that the business itself is just a vehicle to do that for her. I I just love that. I mean, I, I've heard of that and I have talked to a handful of women on this show who do that. Um, and But this was just such a great really um, story and snapshot inside of how that actually works. So I really appreciated that. Have an amazing day and I can't wait to see you on the next episode.